0: Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Worth It podcast. Our leadership gurus, Ryan Dyer and Andy Dorsey, will talk about maximizing leadership potential, faith, and family, all while raising awareness and funds for children with hearing impairments. On today's episode, Ryan and Andy will talk about how to fight the good fight to make every day worth it.
1: thanks for taking your time out to join the show today we want to continue to ask everyone to give to the worth it podcast all funds received go directly to kiddos who are hearing impaired and help them get those much needed hearing aids you can donate at tinyurl.com slash worth it podcast now let's get ready for the show We are so excited today to have uh, Garrison Hurst on the podcast with us today. Just a outstanding guy. Everybody knows him. Unbelievable career at Georgia and uh, in the NFL, but even a better person who's taking his time out of his busy schedule to join the Worth It podcast. I'm going to turn it to uh, Coach Dorsey.
0: Yeah, thanks for uh, being here. And um, obviously, if you're from the state of Georgia, um, or your University of Georgia fan, um, the Garrison Hurst is a household name. So when Ryan reached out to me and said that we had a chance to to get him on our podcast, and I was super excited. I uh, was born and raised in Georgia. Also, uh, you know, played football, high school football in Georgia, and 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 also son of a high school coach. And um, so I'm gonna give a little bit of a, a background on Garrison Hurst, just in case there's any listeners that may not know uh, the career that he had. Um, but first of all, he, he played at Lincoln County, the Red Devils. Um, you know, and being a high school coach myself and uh, also being a, uh, the son of a high school coach, you know, probably the most impressive thing uh, about Lincoln County Red Devils is uh, the longtime coach Larry Campbell. And uh, Larry Campbell is currently the winningest coach in Georgia high school football with a record of 477 and so uh, I'm sure that uh, Garrison will have a lot of great things to to say about Coach Campbell and the legacy that he left um, in high school, but uh, that's pretty impressive uh, within itself. Uh, Out of high school, uh, Garrison was an All-State running back uh, and signed, uh, obviously, with the University of Georgia, where he played from 1990 to 92. Uh, you know, he's probably best known for his, his junior year, uh, where he averaged 6.8 yards per carry with a little over 1,800 yards and 19 touchdowns. And uh, if you know the University of Georgia, it's known for running back youth. So I think if you are a running back and you sign with the University of Georgia, you're, you're bound and determined to be probably one of the best that's ever come through in the nation. Um, In 1992, which was his junior year, which was his last year at Georgia, um, he finished third in the Heisman Trophy race, um, which is contested by me. I think you should have won it that year. Um, That's just my personal opinion. Uh, He was a consensus All-American, SEC Player of the Year, and won the Dope Walker Award for the most outstanding running back in the United States. Uh, From there in 1993, uh, he was a first-round draft pick, third overall with uh, the Phoenix Cardinals, who's now the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and spent 10 seasons in the NFL with the Cardinals, the Bengals, uh, probably known best during his years with the 49ers, and, and then finished up his career with the Broncos. Um, and obviously, being a running back in the NFL is extremely difficult, but um, in four or more of his different seasons, he was a 1,000-yard rusher, in 1998 with the 49ers he set a franchise record for rushing yards uh, longest run from scrimmage for 96 yards for a game-winning touchdown over the jets Uh, nfl films still to this day says that's one of the greatest plays uh, in nfl history Um, in 1999 unfortunately and i'm sure he'll be able to talk to us a little bit about adversity uh, but he suffered a gruesome ankle break versus the Falcons out of all teams um, in the divisional playoffs. Um, spent two years in rehab, um, and he was the first player to ever come back for avascular necrosis. Um, and in 2020, or I'm sorry, in 2001, uh, received the NFL Comeback Player of the Year um, and helped the 49ers to a 12 and 4 overall record. So, uh, that was just a glimpse of a little bit of everything that you've done. I'm sure that I left a little bit off, but um, we're extremely excited to have you on here. So uh, at this time, uh, Garrison, I'm gonna turn it over to you. And uh, can you tell us anything about your, that, that your family and just tell me what's going on uh, in your life today? Hey
2: guys, thank you for having me on. Um, I am living in Alpharetta, Georgia now. It's, it's I consider this home. I've, um, I've had a home here since, since nine, 1995. Uh, I have an older son that's playing college football at Tuscombe University and runs track for the same university. I have a daughter that is at University of Miami for a second year. I have a um, senior at Great Atlanta Christian, and I have a 10-year-old that's at Lake Windward Elementary. And my wife and I are glad school is back in because he is actually in the building now. So... We actually got some time to not have to chase him around and worry about what he's tearing up in the house.
1: Awesome. That's awesome, Garrison. And, you know, I went back and and did some research and talked to some people about just somebody who's real close to you and uh, found out that your dad is a a blue-collar guy and uh, you're you're kind of a mama's boy. So tell us a little bit about your parents and uh, how did they help you? We're talking a lot about mind over matter today and your mindset.
2: How did, how did they help you develop your mindset? Oh, they called me a mama's boy, huh? Well, that's true. I am. <laughs>
1: that, that's the <laughs> rumor. That's
2: the rumor. Well, you know what? I'm going to jump right on that rumor and tell you that's pretty much true. Yes, sir. Uh, um, My mom and dad met in high school in Lincoln, which is a small town. And they, they got married at a young age. And my dad's military as well. Came from a, a big family. Both came from big families. and It was never a gray area with my father. It was black or white. You know, Um, he didn't have time for laziness. He didn't have time for excuses. Same with my mom. Just she had a softer way of doing it. Just, um, and it was more, you know, if you put your mind to something, do it. You can't quit if you start. Um, Back when I was in school, when coaches told you something, it was what the coach said. Mom and dad didn't jump on your side, no matter how much you wanted them to be on your side. It was, coach said this. This is the way it should be. You're wrong. They're right. Grown ups, parents, coaches, whatever. And um, I think that's just been my way of, of doing the same thing with my kids. But plus, putting that to my life, where you know you're gonna go through stuff. Don't make excuses about it. You know, do your best to work through it.
1: Absolutely, and I. You know, I was thinking about you looking back and looking at your mindset and your blue-collar work ethic and, you know, never made excuses. I loved watching you play at Georgia and, and all the things you accomplished in the NFL. What were some of your routines and, and some things that made you successful throughout that?
2: Um, I can't say I had a, had a routine in, in high school as much as in college. You know, the coaches pretty much establish a routine. You know, I tell my kids, my two boys anyway, that, you know, once you get to college, your time is their time. You know, everything is ironed out. From, from as soon as you're done with class, which is on a schedule, your schedule for the day with the coaches is on a schedule. Um, I think morning the only routine I generally try to keep is my off season where when I was in the NFLs where I had to get a um, my workouts in before twelve. I felt like I got my best work done before twelve, no matter what it was doing. Um, during, during, um, I, I guess I was such a routine guy. Even when I retired, I would still shave my head around camp time and start doing two-day workouts. I'm like, and this, this happened for at least three to five years after I was reti- after I retired, because you get on that routine of football, and you, you, you I was used to it since I've been going through a, some some sort of training camp since I was eighth grade, so it was hard to break that. But, um, I again, I think routine is also a part of discipline, which makes guys that are good great, and guys that are great
0: the best. Garrison, yes, I know that, obviously, um, you've met a lot of impressionable people during your career, whether it was at Georgia or whether it was uh, during your time within the NFL. Um, could you name or just anybody that has helped you the most, both professionally and personally along the way?
2: Wow. You know, um, I probably could not name all of them. I can name a lot, but I, I can't name name every person because there's been a lot of people. Uh, first, I, I got to start with my mom and dad always. That's the first two. That's the beginning and the end for me. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up in Lincoln County, of course. So I had Larry Campbell, and I had a, he had a host of other coaches that, are, to this day, I'm still very close to, and as well as high school teachers. But um, again, I come from a big family of uncles and aunts, so it's I, I gotta say my family was the first, and then you got again my high school coach, um, coaches plural. I still I'm still very pretty close to my my um, college coach as well, Coach Goff. Coach McClendon, um, uh, a host of college friends. But, you know, I'm Tom Rathman through the NFL to this day, we're still really we, – we consider each other family. And um, <laughs> Randy Smith and Jenny Smith, they he was my ninth-grade teacher. I could go on forever telling you how – and it's, it, it's probably a lot of people that aren't football players because, you know, when you're a kid, you get inspiration from places you don't realize you're getting it from. And you're getting pushed from places you don't realize you're getting pushed from. And it's just, I was lucky enough to grow up in Lincoln where we had a, the support of a town that supported the football program. Again, that place was shut down on Friday and that could have been just for a spring game, not even regular season. But I was, I was blessed enough to have a lot of people to, to, um, that I was able to look, look to and look to for information and support.
0: You made reference to, um, you know, obviously your time coming through uh, Lincoln County, and obviously you have children of your own that are, you know, coming through high school now. What, what any advice you have to the young athletes of today? Because obviously it's a lot different. You know, it's uh, like you talked about, um, you know, we didn't question coaches. Uh, you didn't question, you know, the leadership and, you know, whatever that coach said. You just went out and tried to do it to the best of your ability. You know, we have social media. We have outside influences. Um, you know, wh- what advice do you give your kids and what advice uh, would you give to any young listeners that are out there that are going to be coming through the high school uh, amateur ranks? Um, I, I guess I'll tell them the same thing I try
2: to tell my boys or what I told them of. Um, social media has definitely changed everything now as far as how people look at so much in life. But, um, when it comes to football, it still comes down to who's going to put the work in, you know, it may be some, some people are just more athletic than others. But again, if you put the work in and they're not, you're going to finally catch up. So, um, to me, it's, it's the people that put the work in the, the, and it's not the stuff that everybody see you doing. It's the stuff that people don't see you doing. And, um, it's more of a, Like now, a lot of people believe in specializing. I don't. I think if you in high school, you know, play more than one sport, give your body a chance to heal from something else. I definitely think football and track go together. You know, the one thing that people can't account for is speed. You know, that's one of the things that coaches talk about. You know, so why not have a guy that's your skill guy out there with your track coach? Um, But but the main thing to me is. It's just putting the work in it's hard to, to, to sit up here and say that if you can go out there and, and find time to get on your phone and move your thumbs for 10 hours a day, why you can't go to the gym, why you can't just simple stuff, stretch. I tell my kids, if you're upstairs in the room, sit down and stretch. Flexibility. Everything is working toward what you want to do. And then just, 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 again, I can say it a million times, it's, it's the work. It's the work ethic of just doing what you got to do to be a better player.
0: And whatever sport it is. Yeah, that's great advice. One of the – Ryan and I are both high school athletic directors. Um, and one of the things in, that's popped up here lately is, you know, all of our coaches I feel like are pretty well versed in, in speed and agility and strength training for their sport. Um, but you also have these – uh, you know, outside influences that, you know, have their little training camps or baseball-specific or football-specific workouts and and trying to blend both of those to where, A, you're not over-training your athletes, um, but to where they're, they're still getting that team concept that we feel like is so very important to be able to work out as a team, but still allowing them to go out, you know, and have those extra sessions with these, you know, so-called specialized trainers. All right.
2: Uh, I mean, I know a lot of kids I, I've trained with some specialized people now i didn 't do this in, up, up until I was in the NFL because growing up we didn 't have all of that. Now these kids have a lot of stuff around them, and again, I tell my kids it did not take away from your team first. you got to go through everything through in high school in my opinion, you go through your high school coaches first, and then what you can do afterwards off the field with someone else fine if it 's not conflicting with your schedule at school.
1: I think so many people, so many coaches right now, when, when they hear this episode, they're going to be so relieved to hear somebody of your stature talking about high school team first, then other things, and, and specializing as, you know, playing other sports is huge. You know, shifting gears a little bit to Coach Golf, you mentioned him earlier at the University of Georgia. He's known as a players' coach. How did he show you guys that he cared about you? And what would you say to other coaches that they could learn or leaders from Coach Golf?
2: Oh, man, I tell you what, I again, like we, you guys have started out the program by talking about my parents, and I came from a family that was st- structure-based. So not knowing, re- I, you know, I love Universal Georgia from the jump, love Coach Goff and the surrounding coaches, but I didn't realize how I'm the type of person that needed structure, and Coach Goff was a structured guy. And, um, you know, he allowed his coaches to do their job, and he was a headset. But he was based off structure, and he was he messed up. There was punishment behind it, and, and no, I think about that now. That was the best thing for me, and I've told him that to this a couple of weeks ago. I just saw him, but um, it was it was when he told you something. That's what it was. You didn't have to worry about the second side. He didn't, ask, he didn't ask any questions when he said something. That was it. So if you knew you was getting the truth from somebody, you knew the repercussion behind it if you didn't do right, but you knew also the the, the gratitude you would also receive when you did right. So it was just based off of that, Coach Golf was, to me, I still call him Coach. He was just that person to me. Um, to this day, we will talk football, but we really talk life now. And, again, you can become friends. It's funny that I feel like Coach Golf is my friend now when I was so afraid of him because of the, out of the respect for him I had from coaching. But um, to me, that's the sign of a good coach that when you're done coaching him, that person still believes and calls you coach and he had not coached in years.
0: We, uh, I listed uh, at the beginning, you know, a a lot of accolades that you had, whether it was high school, college, um, in the NFL, I mean, just an outstanding career. Um, In your mind, what what was the highlight of your playing career and and how did that mindset uh, help you get there? You know, today's athletes, especially professional athletes, have sports psychologists, I'm assuming back, you know, uh, during your days, um, you know, sports psychologists were not as prevalent as they are today. So, you know, what, you know, you had to do a lot of things on your own. So, so what was your mindset and, and what was your greatest accomplishment in your mind? Um, sports-wise, greatest accomplishment,
2: I, I probably have to break that down in threes. And I, and I say that because each level for me, I feel like was a great accomplishment. But I can't put one in front of the other because without the other one, I don't achieve the other one. So for high school, it was just a base of being on a on a, a state championship team, state championship caliber organization, in my opinion, because Coach Cameron ran such a strong ship. Um, and I get to college, and that's the first time I really have a losing season in in football my freshman year. But then we turn around my sophomore and junior year, and and um. Coach McDuffie comes on with the new offensive mindset, and that totally changed off Georgia football for a minute. Then you get to the pros, and it actually was a downer because when you learn to, when you get in the pros, it turns into a business. It, it's football on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday is a complete business. So it sometimes it will drain you of the love of it. But then I got a chance to go play for the 49ers, and you got a chance to see how how an organization that cares about his players, in my opinion, at that time, um, how, it was, how it was to be on that team. And I look at probably my – like you said earlier, my 9-8 season is probably one of my, my best – it's probably my best years as far as stats. But I had other years where I felt like, because, like in 2001 I wasn't the same running back. But I found a way to play the game that I was still able to contribute to the team. I just – you know, the more you learn about the game of football – And the more you know about each position in the offensive formations, defense formations, for me, the game slowed down, and I was able to do things still and make plays. So I I say I will find three different areas for that because, again, I I have to give my high school, my college, and my pros, um, I guess, equal love in that aspect.
1: You know, Garrison, our our last question, which I think is – very important is the greatest compliment somebody can give you is that you're humble and there's not a fake bone in your body. And, and that describes you to a T you're the same person today as you were in 1992. You you don't go out and you're, you're humble and you're confident, but you're not cocky. How have you remained humble over all this time and, and led by example for your kids?
2: (laughs) Again, that starts at home. My mom and dad, um, my dad and mom used to always say, um, son, you'll never hear us brag. His his words to me was, if you're good enough, you don't have to say anything and we don't have to say anything. Everybody will say it for you. And I've always taken that at heart because, you know, it can be, you can have it all at one time and the next day you can lose it. So I, my thing is, if you go out and play, whatever sport it is, and play it hard and you do well, let everybody else talk for you. You don't have to. And, um, It's just easier to to, just to be who I am, and I don't know how to be anything else. And it's just it's just me. I I wish I had a uh, answer that was a little bit more profound, but that's about about as close as I can give you right there, man. It's just easier not to deal with all the mess, and God's blessed me too much to try and be something I'm not.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's why people love you is because it's uh, they get the real you, and like you said, you're you're a good Christian man, and that's what we're we're doing on the show. We want to help people in leadership, but we also want to raise a raise money for, for kids with hearing aids and, and to get them hearing aids. And we're getting closer uh, to helping another family. And we can't thank you enough for for hanging out with us and, and help us uh, succeed in those goals. It just means the world. Coach Dorsey, you got anything to wrap us
0: up? No, just, uh, you know, to reiterate what Ryan said, you know, this is all for a good cause. Um, uh, Ryan has a son with, with hearing impairment. And so, um, you know, we're just out trying to, you know, Connect with our community, connect with the world, and 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 just very humble and grateful that you have joined us here today. And uh, I'm a Tennessee Vol fan, but I'm gonna say go dogs, um, you know, because I thank the world of you and and greatly appreciate you coming on today. Uh, thank you for having
2: me. I actually took an official visit to Tennessee with Johnny Majors.
1: <laughs> hey, and as a bonus question, Garrison, while well, we got you, how the, how the dogs gonna be this year?
2: I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If we weren't live, I would really tell you. I don't want anybody to use any of my information and throw it up on the score, on the bulletin board. That's right. That's right. We'll be okay. I really do. Um, I don't know how good, but I think we're going to be pretty good. And that's, and that's saying something right there.
1: Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for being here. It means so much to us. Thank you guys for having me.
2: Thank you.